0: And every time I see red letters, it always gets my attention just a little bit more. It's the words of Jesus. Out of the mouth of God, this this verse came, strikes me. Verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. Let me read this again. But you... And when I read it, I don't know about you, but most of the time it says you. I got My name is actually right there, W-E-S. Wouldn't you believe it? It says, but Wes shall receive power. This is Jesus, the Son of God, prophesying over my life. This is a promise that is spoken from heaven, and I receive this here on earth. It says, Wes, you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then this next one. And you shall be a witness unto me. Again, this is the promise of Christ prophesying to you and I. So I really encourage you to get your little pen or pencil and where it says you there. Write your name in and agree with that. Is that okay? Let's pray for this. Let's just even ask even now that the Lord would give us a token of His promise. Father, we come before You this this afternoon and I bless every person that has made the journey to this conference. And Father, I ask You, I plead with You, Father, that they would leave this conference with much more than words. God, that You would confirm the Bible, that you would confirm your word that is going forth with the witness of heaven. I ask you, God, even now for the power of the Holy Spirit that you promised out of your mouth, Lord, to be given to each and every person in this room. Lord, I ask you even now for the The baptism, the immersion of power, supernatural ability on the inside to be a witness unto Christ. Would you grant this even now? And we bless you, God. We vow our lives to you, Jesus. Amen. Ooh, that felt good. Amen. Let's look at this again. Let's just dive right in. I'm just going to dissect this verse. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Now, there's another one in Matthew 3, verse 11. So when John the Baptist is speaking of when Jesus comes, and he says this. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me, speaking of Jesus, is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Here it is again. He says, he, Jesus... We'll baptize you, that's you and I, with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, how many people like that verse? I mean, that's just a guarantee like that verse. We all sign up for the fire and the power. I remember I radically gave my life to the Lord in the late 90s. And I was in a, a, a mission trip. Uh, grew up a little bit in the church, but, you know, just I was a really, really rotten kid. So I didn't really get much. But I remember when I, when I truly had my born again experience, the Lord snatched me from just a life of whatever, just stuff. And, and I was invited early on, first six, seven months to do a mission trip in Mexico City and in Zacatecas. And the guy that invited me, he was telling stories that when he was, that when he would minister there, that supernatural things were happening. This blew my mind. I never heard of that. It blew my mind course, I was trying to read the Bible every day, and I had just, you know, the Lord had really snatched me and shifted my heart, and I was doing the best I could and going hard, and of course, you know, it, I was just rude to everybody. is really what I was doing and mean, and but I called it, "I'm going for God," and I just step all over everybody, and I had to learn a few things, and you know, the Lord had, has patience with us. But I, I remember I was in Zacatecas at this meeting, and. I was in the meeting, I'm sitting there and, and all of a sudden, uh, the, the Lord came on me and I remember there was a man there and I, I wanted to pray for him and I remember, Mas Fuego, Mas Fuego, that's all we could pray because it was more fire, that's the only extent of my Spanish speaking, Mas Fuego, that's kind of what I learned and I just stand there and say Mas Fuego and I'd already done it for a couple days and And the Lord, the Holy Spirit, came upon me in that moment like a lightning bolt. Now, I've been a Christian for about eight years. So don't think, as I tell you a few stories, that this is the natural occurrence of my life. i got like four in eight years. So that's once every two years. But hey, I'll take that. It's more than zero. You know, bless the Lord for that. But anyways, I'm praying for this man. And it was like a lightning bolt literally came in and struck me in the heart. And I remember my whole body was just electricity. I remember the, the thought that came to my mind was that somebody had literally plugged me in. And best you can explain that. I remember just my whole body, my fingers curled in. And just the, the electricity of the Holy Spirit was going in just through my body. And I remember the burning sensation in my belly. And believe it or not, I remember thinking right then and there, oh my gosh, the guy I just prayed for had a demon, and it's on me now. That's exactly what I thought. I actually was like this, I mean, it was just all over me, and I remember trying to find the first pastor to cast this thing off me. I didn't know what was going on. And finally, I did run into one of my pastors, and he immediately knew that the the Lord was on me, and he... He he prayed for me and just calmed me down, and said, no, this is the Lord, this is the Lord. You, you just take this in. And I remember just sitting there and just, it lasted for several minutes, five, six minutes. But the neat thing I, I want uh, to, to say about this is now that, you know, eight years go by and you look back on these experiences in my life, again, two or three or four, that when I've had this, what I would call a baptism of the Holy Spirit, We're promised many of these. You know, I'm asking for one every day. Father, I want an encounter, a real, authentic encounter. I don't want to just make it up with some words and try to make something that wasn't as though it was. I, I really do, God. I want an encounter to empower me, to affect me, impact me. And as I look back on this, I begin to realize that months after that encounter, I remember that things were different. And here's what was different. You know, I would think that, man, we received the baptism of fire and then set me in front of thousands and just casting out devils and and healings and just going for it. You know, that was kind of what was in my mind when the baptism came. But it was different, actually. I went back home. I was uh, working construction. And I remember I found myself with power and grace upon my heart to do my job with unbelievable excellence. When the boss wasn't around, not to cheat any corners, but to fulfill my duties with excellence. I remember I was put in a position once to uh, separate about 10,000 bolts and nuts and washers. That's a glorious afternoon, let me tell you. There was just a pile And they all had different threads and links, and the guy was just like, I need these all separated. I was, (laughs) okay, you know, you dig in, but I remember feeling this on my heart. Now just stay with me. I remember feeling this on my heart that although nobody was looking, I all of a sudden had this grace, this energy. It was this, this ability to do everything as though I was doing it under the Lord. And then I come back to Acts 1-8, and the Lord says this. He says, I promise you, every person in this room is promised by the word of the Lord, the very mouth of Jesus, power by His Spirit. That's an amazing promise. We want to really take note of that. We want to take the Lord up on it. I encourage you to go wholehearted after this. a baptism of fire and a baptism of power upon your life. But I want to, I want to define something real clearly for us on the next phrase. Because although I am a huge fan, don't let me fool you, anybody, I am a huge fan of signs and wonders and praying for the sick and instant healings and preaching and, and, and lightning boats striking a thousand as I preach. I absolutely, sign me up. First one on the list. But however, there are so many people that limit the baptism of power and of fire to some type of fairy tale ministry experience that more than likely is only going to happen to a few people. And instead, I begin to understand and I ask the question, Jesus, when you say you'll give me power, and then you say that you prophesied, you said I shall be a witness unto you. I begin to ask the question, Father, from your perspective, when heaven looks down, this is critical that we get this. What does heaven define being a witness as? So many times, I personally have done it and I've heard so many different people talk and they limit it to some type of speech of witnessing with my mouth. Oh, bless that, absolutely. Many evangelists and preachers, I'm one of them. But we've limited it to witnessing of some type of, of words that we'll say. And I tell you, from heaven's perspective, when they looked at upon the earth and Jesus prophesied, I will give you power even today to be a witness unto me. The perspective of heaven is the life of Christ being manifested in real weak people like you and me. Like this. Working a job when nobody's looking... And it's very easy to cut corners. You ask to mop the floor, and nobody's going to see it, and you mop a third of it. It's occasions like that. When the Lord says, I want to give you power to be a a representation of what my life was like when I was on the earth. Beloved, do we understand? Have we read the, the, the red letters lately? Have we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John lately and looked at the way Jesus lived? He lived nothing short of excellence. And when I think of excellence, I mean thinking a job put before Him and He did it with perfection as unto God, as unto His Father. And we are called and we're given power to the same calling, to the same witness, even as Christ was. Jesus came and He displayed for the earth to see. This is what my Father is like. Watch my life. And beloved, when I read Acts 1:8, I get fired up tickly on the first part. The power part. I, we like that part. But then the second part comes. And being an effective witness unto God... More times than not, is within 15 minutes of leaving this seminar, how you act out there. It's gentleness. It's kindness. It's doing your work, doing your job, when nobody's looking, as if you were truly doing it unto the Lord. Remember, Paul writes, he says, do all things. He said, work serve, not as you're just for doing it for your boss or for your master that you're going to get a paycheck from. Do it literally as if you were doing it unto the Lord. I remember I I had another little experience once of, uh, we, I was working at a, uh, a coal mining thing. I don't even know what they did really. They fabricated uh, stuff for coal mines, right? It's like a big dirty metal shop. And and I remember that they uh, had just bought the shop and the, the building had set empty for years. And I remember they uh, they had a, a bathroom. It was just a sink and a, and a toilet. And that thing had set dormant for a long time. And I remember that, you know, the boss asking me to clean it. Now, I give these stories like this not to say, wow, man, Wes, he really does what he's supposed to do. Good job. I appreciate that. I really do. But I, I, I'm telling us, I, I'm, actually what I'm doing is I'm, I'm giving a radical call to truly be, it takes amazing courage, guys. It takes amazing courage to live life in excellence. As if, as of what, the way Christ lived His life. I had to clean this toilet and I remember going in thinking, are you kidding me? First of all, I was offended. What? Whatever. Man, I got more, whatever. Anyways, then I'd go in there and see the thing. Oh my gosh. So I, right then and there, I, I just actually began just to, to, to kind of halfway do it, you know, scoot a little dirt around with a rag. And I remember, again, just the Lord, conviction, the Lord teaching, the Lord's leading. You know, Jesus has so much zeal. To see a young generation right now in America with amounts and amounts of character and integrity and nobility in your life. I mean, he has so much zeal to do this. I say that because this, he will lead you. So there I am, I'm doing this toilet, halfway, whatever. It's not important, who cares? This is not important to God. Get me on the platform. Bring the sick to me. See if I can do anything for them. It's so what I'm thinking, you know, being a witness, being an effect. I want, I want to I want to do something for God. And I remember just the hearing, the small leadings of the Holy Spirit. Saying, this, this matters to me, the way you handle your heart and the way you handle this little bitty thing. This matters to me. And I remember just the profoundness of that striking me. And the profoundness of what is important to God. The profoundness of what God looks like and what God calls this is being a witness unto me. This is the character of my Son being manifested in you. This is the integrity of Jesus being seen in you. And I will promise you this. If we would have energy pursuing an authentic witness in all areas of our life, being a a representation of Christ, smiling at the lady in the grocery store, you'd be amazed of how much how much stuff just happens of just being kind. You know, I look at Paul and I look at John. Who's ever heard of Apostle Paul and Apostle John? A few of you. Good. These are, these are massive heroes in the faith. Take a look at some of the last writings they ever wrote before they departed to be with the Lord. Paul writes in verses the second Timothy. John writes First through Third John. And it's filled with, you can tell... They are consumed with getting a point across to the next generation. And when I, I look at those letters, all the letters—they're filled with simple things: do not quarrel, don't fight, consider other utter, other utters, utters. Consider others. That's not it. Consider others better than yourself. Esteem them over you. Choose to be humble. You're going to have probably twenty opportunities today to practice humility. And so many of us ignore them waiting for the big time to come. Radical for God. And I tell you, if you want the attraction of heaven in everything we do, it'll be likened unto Christ. And I'm I'm not trying to give some kind of rally here to, let's do good, although I am. I want to do good and I want us to live well. But I want to encourage you because some of you have tried this route and you're not seeing too many of your leaders even live like that. And you're wanting the, the platform. You're, you're wanting the, the activity. You're wanting something to happen. You're, you're in your mind. You're wanting to be a witness. And I want to encourage you and challenge us. A witness unto God is a whole lot different than you would think. I truly mean that. We need to really study the life of Jesus And understand in Acts chapter 1, he says, I promise you from my mouth. I won't lie. I won't take my word back. This is from the mouth of God. Heaven speaks. And he says, Wes Martin, 21, 22 years old, you finally give your life to me. I say to you right now, I promise you, I have power reserved by my spirit for your life. I promise you. I am prophesying to you. You shall be a witness unto me. Now, when I hear that, I want to immediately say, God, what does it look like for my life to be a witness unto you? Not when I'm 40 or 50 and I finally arrive at my ministry peak. Right now, when I leave this seminar and walk through the crowded walls, as God's gift to each other just human beings, we're quite the uh, ordeal. Just humans. You ever, you ever people watch? How many people watchers do we have in here? Me and my wife love to people watch. I just get a kick out of watching people. people. We're weird. We are just weird beings. We are so awkward. Anyways, I don't know where I was going with that, but... You're going to leave here and you'd be amazed within 30 minutes the opportunities to embrace humility, meekness, servanthood, smiling... Being kind. Being gentle. Those type of words are the words that are filled with some of the apostles' very last writings. They were very, very zealous to make sure authentic discipleship and authentic Christianity was passed to the next generation. Is that okay? Well, I better look at my notes. Let's look at Mark chapter ten. If you got your Bibles, just go ahead and turn them. I'm going to read this story. Mark ten, thirty-five. I I I am I want if you write any of this down, I want you to write this sentence down. It's it's a question. You go to the Lord in prayer. This is a question we need to ask for your life individually. And it's this, it's, it's God, you've prophesied over me to be a witness unto you. What does it look like? When you think of Amy, or John, or Amanda, or Wes, in your mind, in my destiny, you have it made up of, that I will be a witness unto you. Father, what does that look like? Today, what does that look like to you? Because I want my idea of being a witness to God, I want that lined up with what His idea is. It's a pretty important thing, wouldn't you think? It's a very important question to ask. And here's the great thing, this is what I love about God. He'll answer you. Usually, by putting you into 20 opportunities, 30 minutes after you ask it. Maybe not 20, it's exaggerating a little bit. I'm trying not to exaggerate. I really listened to Mike. He said, don't exaggerate. And I'm really trying not to. So maybe not 20, maybe a few. But... The Lord's zeal to bring you in to perfect maturity. Every one of you in here, the destiny over your life is inexpressible. The value of your life to God, nobody can tell you in human words. Individually, you right here and there, Sue and Amy and Bob, Robert, all of you in here, individually, your value to God is, I can't express it in language. Jesus did a pretty good job showing the extent and how far He would go to bring you and I into what He has called us to be. I don't want to get off track. He has so much zeal to bring you to the place where you are an effective witness to everybody you come in contact with. And more times than not in my life, now this is just my little personal testimony, more times than not it's coming without me even opening my mouth. Really shocked my paradigm. It's it's as simple as being gentle and kind. You'd be amazed of what a witness you could be with your eyes. Eyes of affection. Eyes of kindness. Can you imagine when the, when the lady was being condemned for sin and they're standing over her and they're wanting to stone her. They bring her to Christ and they lay out all of her sins to Jesus and... They say she deserves to be stoned and then she looks up and she catches for a few seconds the gaze of jesus i tell you our eyes can do amazing things of a witness unto christ how what are you what are you talking about i don't i don't i don't get you eyes of mercy can be seen eyes of gentleness eyes of of compassion guys this is the way jesus lived and do you realize what happened to him? People were attracted to him. Children ran to him. Children ran the other way from the Pharisees. They ran to Jesus because he was attractive even by, he didn't even open his mouth yet. I mean, I don't, I don't think the seven, you know, the five and six year olds quite got some of the parables. He, I don't get some of the parables he was teaching. But the children were attracted to him. What was it? I tell you. It was the witness of heaven upon his life. It's the same calling you and I are called to. We are called to live the life of Christ upon us. Don't limit it to your mouth, although your mouth may play a huge role in it, speaking a word of life. I just love God. Amen. So, I mean, he is, the, the leadership of God absolutely baffles me. How he can reconstruct the way we would live. How he would lead us. And his, his leading is so gentle. It's so genuine. But it's so real and it's so zealous. He has so much passion. Because we're all broken. We're all really messed up. And we're all really self-centered. To let you in on it. Or at least I am. Maybe all of you are. But I know I am a little bit. And I'm working with that. But in that, in the reality of who I really am, the Lord's mercy. And he won't leave me alone. He keeps coming after me, keeps coming after me, saying this, Wes, I have a greater desire than you do for you to be great. The Lord desires greatness for me, nobility for me, so much more than I even desire it. Let's look at this right here, Mark 10, 35. Beautiful story. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Came to him saying, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. It's a bold question. And he said to them, I love this response. I mean, think of this. Here you got two of the apostles. They're going to sneak in. You know, all the other ten are kind of over there and everybody's, you know, jealous to be with that personal intimate time with the Lord. Everybody's wanting to be by him. Everybody's wanting to walk next to him. You know, nobody wants to be the guy in the back. You know, if there's a pack of 12, somebody's got to be in the back. Nobody wants to be in the back. Everybody wants to be right up beside him, making sure, you know, he notices it. What's up? How you doing? Jesus, you know, they they want that. We all want that. That's okay to want that. Here's what he says. I love this. He says, okay, Lord, look around, make sure nobody hears too well. We want to ask you, and whatever we ask, we want you to give it to us. Beautiful motive of a weak heart. Whatever we ask, we want we want you to give it to us. And I love the Lord's response. Look at his response. Verse 36. He said to them, What do you want me to do for you? That's a sweet answer. I mean, you're like in. If the Lord answers that, you're in. Like, Really? I didn't, I thought I'd get rebuked or whatever, No, going to big discourse. Really? Then here's the they said they said to him, Grant us that we may sit, one on your right hand, the other in your left, in your glory. Now, they're speaking of a position of power here. These these guys were fully convinced Jesus is here to take over the earth right then and there. He's going to do it here shortly. They thought he was going to do it right then and there. He's going to take over the earth. He's going to be king of the earth. Not king of Europe or king of the United States. King of the globe. And they're saying, when you finally take that position, I want to be on your right. Oh, Oh, Jimmy, he wants to be on your left. That's what we want. The Lord goes on and he says, verse 38 You do not know what you ask. And then listen to this. He says, are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, we are. Now, I always look at that answer. We are able. Because do you realize what Jesus just said to them? Are you willing to be baptized with the baptism that I am being baptized with? In other words, are you willing to live in this life as though you were a dead man? Are you willing to make the choices that I have made and to be a representation of this is what God is like? And then they say, I mean, that's a heavy, that's a heavy answer, man. He lays the hammer. And then they go, yeah, sure, we are, we're able. And I, I, I just wonder how deep that answer really was. I wonder how legit that, that, that answer really was. Or, we are able. And then I love this. He looks into their weak heart knowing they're going to have to work out a thousand things because they're all messed up. Look at this response. Verse 39. You will indeed drink the cup that I drink. And with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right, my left, is not mine to give. Look, look at verse 41. When the ten heard it, they begin to, to be greatly displeased with James and John. Verse 42. Then Jesus called them to himself and he gives them a, a, a lesson here. He says, Listen, the power of the Spirit being a witness unto me. The, let's, let me read it. <laughs> verse 44. Whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. Look, verse 44. Up in verse 43, he talks about being a servant of all. So he has answered to them of greatness. And then he goes into a, a baptism. You will be baptized with power and fire. And then, he said, then it goes into the next phrase, and here's what it's for. For serving of all. The biggest servant of all. The slave of all. And then he says, and then giving your life for the ransom of many. The baptism of power unto a witness unto Christ. It's a beautiful thing. I get, when I look at this, I think of being a witness and then I read the life of Christ and I understand the call of God to live as He lived upon the earth. It's not easy. Especially in our generation, especially in the culture of America, where it's all about me and who cares about you and I will trample over you in the meantime because this is all about me, really. It's the constant culture that we live in. And guys, you want to be radical, courageous. This is, one, this is the most radical, courageous call of all in all of human history. And it's do you dare bear the life of Christ in your life? You want to talk about a life of courage, a life of strength, a life of great impact? It's daring to be like Him. It takes great courage. It is soaked in humility. Being willing and and fine with your name not even being known. He says, I give my life for the ransom of many. Not to be known, not to be established, not to have this, this, and this. It's not the way I operate. If you want the attention of heaven, I tell you, you will begin to embrace the very small things in the next two hours. Of how Christ would react in situations. When trials come, situations come. It's the zeal of the Lord to bring you into maturity. It's His affection for you to bring you into the place of Acts 1-8 being fulfilled. Saying, I desire for you. ...to be a witness unto me. Small and big, whatever it is. Guys, I, I, I call you. A young generation, 17 year old, 18, 16, right now... ...named as the self-centered generation. Named as no respect. Named as just dogging people and being rude. And I charge you. And I challenge you. I call you. To be courageous. I call you to be bold in this. Be likened unto Him in the small mundaneness of life. The way you smile at people. The way you be gentle to people. The way that instead of waiting to talk, actually listen. This is how Christ was. This is how He is. His life is beautiful. It's attractive. It'll do two things. You will attract more lost people than ever. And that'll be one of the main evangelistic tools is people like a magnet attracted to your life. You ain't even spoke yet. And number two, the part I really get excited about, this attracts the activity of heaven. I promise you. I promise you. If you begin to embrace just the small exhortations of how Christ lived. I mean, right now it's got kind of out of date, the whole WWJD thing, but that's brilliant if we would actually do it and actually embrace it. On a humble level, a real level. I mean, throughout life, day to day, locker to locker, going through always in school, small groups, friends spreading their little things, talking. If we would truly have the guts and the courage to embrace the life of Christ. I tell you this. The activity of heaven is targeted on you. The eyes of heaven are on you if you begin to embrace those small little areas. Now, it's on you no matter what. Because God is filled with love for you. But we have to do our part. We must partner with Him. And when we begin to partner in these small areas, character, God is building in you character. He's building in you humility. He's building in you the very things that were in Him when He was on this earth and he looked at real people just like you and i did and he touched real people with gentleness he looked at people with compassion and people saw hope this is the this is the activity that comes on you just naturally let me read just a few verses Again, this is Paul at the end of his life. I think of the fruit and I think of the impact of apostolic ministry. He's writing his last letters and he's very serious about the next generation taking the torch. The next generation representing heaven on earth. What a call. We're going to talk about noble. My goodness. I still can't believe he chose me. I am jacked up. I mean, you are too. And he chooses us. I get excited about that. That's amazing. I mean, guys, I was a thug. Loser. I'm talking loser. Bad. Mean. Cheated all the time. I can't. You can't get away from him. Those eyes of tenderness found me and it ruins me. I love God for that. We should love God for that. Because this is what he does. He takes us right where we're at, just like we are, all messed up. And He calls us into greatness. Ah, oh, it's just so noble. It's Wonderful. 1 Timothy 4. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. Timothy being younger. A disciple of Paul. and Paul knowing that Timothy was going to take charge of many of the ministry areas. That Paul was getting ready to leave the earth. Getting ready to die. Look at verse 12 in chapter 4. 1 Timothy 4, 12. He says, let no one despise your youth. Listen to this right here. I love this little phrase. Listen, be an example to the believers. I I was a, a youth pastor in Illinois for five years. And I remember constantly giving the courageous call to the high school kids. The impact that you have on junior high is astounding to me. I I remember just walking the halls and doing youth events or whatever. And all the time, the junior high kids were just longing to be like the junior or the senior. Watching every move. And I remember constantly doing this same call that Paul did to Timothy. Saying, I charge you, be an example to the believers. And look what he says, he gets real specific. He says, be an example to the believers in word, in your mouth. Don't let your mouth be an instrument of death. Let your mouth be an instrument of the life of Christ being spoken in this earth. We get beat up enough as it is from the world itself. He says, be an example to the believers in word. Listen to the next phrase. In conduct. The way that you conduct yourselves. Be an example. This is a courageous call. In love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Look at Second Timothy 2, 22-25. Paul, again, he's speaking to Timothy. I can imagine the energy and I can imagine the seriousness upon this apostle, hoping that this is transferred to the generation to come. He's saying, Timothy, I want you to flee youthful lust, Pursue righteousness, faith, love. Look at verse 23. Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. How many of you came with a big group to the One Thing Conference? Got to love big groups all together for three or four days, just together. What an opportunity just to love one another. Yeah, right. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> we really do. But so many times, man, I just, that dude gets on my nerves, man. I can't help it. He gets on my nerves. And it just, we get together. And again, it's the people watching thing. You just watch people. We're awkward. We're just, ah, we're just awkward people. In verse 23, Paul says, avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. You know how, un- you know how much humility it takes to silence your mouth? During, whether it's, you know, it's little small groups of quarreling and talking and it just ain't going nowhere. Or during the op- those, those little small times when people are just nagging at that one person. And the whole group, two or three of them, man, just tearing down. You're right there in the midst of it, I tell you. The attraction of heaven is right here. Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Simple. That's it. And that attracts the eyes of heaven. He goes on in verse 24 and he says, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel and must be gentle to all. And then my favorite out of all is 3 John verse 4. Going to end with this. This is the Apostle John. Now, some of you guys got to know this. The Apostle John, out of all the apostles, lived old. I mean, this old boy was old. He got up there. He was able to live. You know, Jesus kind of prophesied about him. And he's in his 80s and 90s. I mean, just think of this. A man that walked with God in the flesh. I can't even get over that point. I'm, the sermon's done right there. God in the flesh. Right here. Skin. Facial hair. Facial hair. Air, eyes. God came in the flesh. And the Apostle John got to hang out with him for three and a half years. I mean, you want to talk about profound impartation. You want to talk about when somebody lays their hand on you and prays for you. Huh, need I say more? But I like this. In Third John verse 4, at the end of his apostolic ministry, and all of the fruit that he's seen, all of the signs and wonders and miracles, one of his last phrases... Is this. It's it's amazing. He says, I have no greater joy than this. Right here. It's the Apostle John. He's getting ready to speak and he says, There is one thing that brings greater joy to my heart than all other things. And it's this right here. To see the body of Christ. My children is what he called them. His disciples. All the ones that he had effect on. To see my children. To hear that my children walk in love and in truth. Walk in gentleness, walk in humility, walk with compassion, walk with a true interest for the good of others. Beloved, Acts eight says, I promise you power to be a witness unto me. And I promise you, if we would begin to take the times that we experience the Spirit and then begin to see the power that we have in our hearts to make small little decisions concerning these verses... You'll you'll, you'll have 15, 20 opportunities to practice them today. They seem nothing. They seem little. I tell you, they are huge. It's building in you a witness. It's building in you an impact upon the earth. And it's building in you a magnet that attracts the activity of heaven. I like the activity of heaven. The prophetic spirit, dreams, visions. I have seen an amazing increase of the supernatural activity in my life when I begin to seriously pursue these things in reality. Now, I'm not very good at them. (laughs) You ain't got to be an ace at them. We just got to, with all of our heart, pursue them. And then God meets us. Amen? Come on now. Amen? I got to have a talk in church every once in a while. I kind of like that. Let's do this. Let's stand. I'm going to pray over you, and if I could leave you with anything, let's, let's settle for a second, I, I would leave you with this. And it would be to really, really do this. Ask this question before the Lord. You say, Jesus, you, you done prophesied over me twice in Acts chapter 1. You prophesied that I would receive power, a baptism of the, the power of the Spirit. It's a promise, every one of us. And then he prophesied over me again, and he said, I would be a witness unto you. Ask this question. God, what does it look like in my life on Friday afternoon? December 29th. 29th, right? Yeah, December 29th. What's it look like from your perspective to be a witness unto you? The Lord will answer you. Just sit here just for a second. You know, sometimes we we have those unique encounters with the Lord. I I would like one every day. But again, I've I've, I've, had a few in the last eight years. But I, I definitely want to ask for one. I'll take one today. Anybody else take one today? One of them radical encounters with the Spirit? Amen, man. Sign me up. I just want to ask the Lord for that. Because I am zealous as I've done this for a few years now in ministry. I want to see it in America. I want to see 17-year-olds with something to say. I want to see 14-year-olds gentle, kind, compassionate, this is a courageous call. This takes boldness to embrace the way of Christ. Father I, Father, I... I feel your zeal to bring forth an effective witness in this nation. Lifestyles of beauty lifestyles accurately representing what God is like. Father, I ask even now in Jesus' name for the raw power and fire of your Holy Spirit to be released upon every person that can hear my voice. I ask for supernatural power to live life well supernatural power to make decisions of humility and meekness god i ask you for power to be a witness unto you i ask you for the baptism of the holy spirit and a fire even now so all over the room i just want you to just begin to commune with the spirit just for just a, a couple minutes